Hello, this is Matt Murrow, I'm the worship pastor here at Glen Ellen Bible Church. You're listening to the Next Level Podcast. Today, we're going to answer listener questions from Sunday, October 22nd, 2023. Hello, I'm Alex Goff, campus pastor at the Poplar Creek Campus. Hi, I'm Simone Halpin, the co-founder and executive director of Naomi's House. And I'm Keller Brady, senior pastor at Glen Ellen Bible Church. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Next Level. Good morning. Hello, everybody. Hi, guys. Good morning. Happy fall. It's here. I love this time of year. <laughs> you know yeah, what? That's it's funny. here. It's Beautiful. funny that you brought that up. I was like pulling in this morning into the driveway and or into the parking lot, and I was thinking that, man, I love fall. This I is great. Too. I don't. And then it was just kind of like, and then I kind of had this little mini sermonette in my mind, like, like t- you can't have this fall if you don't have the winter. Because <laughs> I want to go from this straight to May. Yeah. Like yeah. I really do. Mm-hmm. Oh, I but, hate, but, actually hate But May. we could never have that. It couldn't, like the reason the leaves are doing that is because they're dying. Mm. Mm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's got to it's gotta be this. So poetic, Matt. <sighs> my, my, oh. uh, all that in the span of 10 seconds driving <laughs> into the parking lot, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, my yeah. son Elias was freaking out a couple weeks ago because he thought that the leaves weren't coming back. And so we were talking about what the fall is and, and how the, the leaves fall off the trees. And, sweet. and he was like, oh, no. Like, are we ever going to have trees ever again? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how the seasons work. It was just funny. Yeah. I just love the crisp, crisp nature of the morning. And yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. beautiful. You know, one thing about living out here that we, um, we actually, we don't let this pass us by. Almost every evening, somebody says, look at the sunset. Mm-hmm. Like they, the sunsets in Midwest, and I know, like, I've, of course, been on the ocean, seen the sunset there. It mm-hmm. is phenomenal. But Midwest ocean, uh, uh, Midwest sunsets, they hit hard. Yeah. I mean, oh, they yeah. look beautiful, mm-hmm. right? Like there's nothing quite like it. Like you don't get the mix of colors the way that you get in other parts of the country. I want to say something rude like, yeah, it's the pollution, but. <laughs> <laughs> and not in the Midwest, baby. It's all country. <laughs> no, it looks beautiful though out here. Simone, you were talking about the crisp fall morning as you were coming in. Well, I was just cold. I just wasn't pre- like prepared. I'm wearing a vest, and I should have worn a full jacket, and so I was just a little chilly. <laughs> That's all. I don't mind it. I just um, you want to be prepared. Want, I want to be prepared. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 How was worship, Alex, at Poplar Creek yesterday? It was so good, and um, from a, a, I thought I you know I could share this story this morning. Um, I have a group of friends that have been in my life literally since elementary school and are basically a second family. And these three guys are all very intelligent, mechanical engineer, um, a ceramic engineer and a dentist. They're all very smart. Um, And as we've progressed through life, all three of them are pretty staunchly atheist. Um, And everybody has that kind of wayward person in their life that they're praying for. For me, it's those three guys and uh, they came and visited this weekend. Wow. And because they love me, uh, they came to the church service. And I was so thankful for Hebrews 9 because it really did tee up just an easy gospel message. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we had some families that were new as well that were checking it out. And awesome. so um, I want to follow up with the guys this week to get their thoughts and everything. But it was just neat that God provided an opportunity to share the gospel. And I was telling Kelly this this morning. You know, we talk about the gospel message and then what a gospel community looks like. The other thing that really warmed my heart was watching how the campus identified that my friends were new and surrounded them and met them and introduced them. And I'm like, that's a sermon in itself, you know? And so it was just, it was a really um, 
filling morning because that's just something I've been praying for for years is that moment. That's cool. Man, there was some, I felt like powerful moves of God, especially in the second service at the end, the last mm-hmm. couple songs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the congregation, I uh, really, I felt like sang out, preached yeah. really well. Well, there was, a, there, was a sec, there was a chunk of time from the end of your sermon through the benediction where it just felt like it kind of started, the spirit started moving and ramping up like the last three or four minutes of your sermon when mm-hmm. you were kind of just really giving an, an encouragement on, you know, how to live and what it looks like to live with a, you know, mm-hmm. with a free conscience. And, mm-hmm. um, and then it just kind of went into, I think mm-hmm. you mentioned prayer too. And, you know, then just kind of went into two songs and prayer. And one of the songs was in Christ alone, which is, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's most awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most people love singing that song. Mm-hmm. I'll um, tell you what stuck with me was the, almost a call to action. Like, what are you going to do differently? Is that the right word? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I just, uh, I felt a little worked up. I'm laughing oh. at myself. Oh, but it was, I mean, let's just take it as a move of the spirit because yeah. you were, yeah. I mean, I was stirred thinking that is a good question. What am I going to do differently in because light you're free. of this freedom? Yeah. yeah. Your conscience is yeah. being scrubbed. Yeah. It's good. Frida. Free to risk, free to t- and there fail was some as well. Powerful prayer happening afterwards. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was super encouraged. I did a better job in second service tying the opportunity to come forward for prayer directly to the cleansed conscience that's ours. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, unfortunately, there's still a stigma around coming forward for prayer. We all like to pretend our noses aren't growing. Mm. Yeah. And it's just, you know, the church, by God's grace, will, will increasingly be a place where we can all. Mm-hmm drop the pretending yeah and just celebrate jesus and um, if you're listening to this podcast be a leader in this effort mm. be a leader get up be a leader come that's, get prayed for a good call like you're already a leader if you're listening to this podcast mm. <laughs> I and mean, you're already doing the extra credit mm. like um we have we have boundaries here because of our space there's really only one place to come get prayed for there are other venues that make it a lot easier because yeah, um, people build prayer rooms off to the side totally and new, and, new structures and so folks can come and get prayed for and not feel you know a spotlight yeah and i get that you know mm-hmm. but we don't have that here and and we're not gonna have that here because there's no space for it so <laughs> well and I, let's all be honest when we see people going for for prayer it's really encouraging absolutely I, and that's the issue i have mm-hmm. with like the prayer rooms and trying to make it yeah, uh, you know More this private. separate thing, <laughs> right? It's like, man, I, I, am so encouraged. I never think when someone comes up, I never think, oh, yeah. what's going on there? Totally. Like, I'm just like, oh man, this is awesome. This person's gonna get prayed. It's for. almost like FOMO. What's God you're like, do? the the Lord is doing something in their life, mm. and they're moving. By, you know, yeah, you're like, oh God, speak to me, stir yeah. in me. Yeah, yeah it's Maybe especially when the high school students are. Yeah bold in that and yeah. they go for prayer it's just yeah there were some high school yeah, kids so that came forward yesterday and yeah super encouraging maybe we should play the fomo card yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know, i think like, that might be hey it. don't miss Flaw. out you're missing out here Matt. <laughs> you're missing out if yeah. you're not coming to get prayed for yeah well and there's a there's a weight that's lifted when someone prays on your behalf because well. you know in that moment i'm not alone i've got yep. other believers standing yeah. alongside that are fighting this battle with me. Yeah. You know? well, mm-hmm. Kelly and I um, and several others prayed yes after the service for uh, for a young man who is um, doing some missions work right now, and he was really sick. He got mm-hmm. really sick, and he's mm-hmm. in another country, and 
And so we started praying and I felt encouraged. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even praying for me. Like I was the one praying for somebody else, but I felt this peace in the moment of praying like, oh man, he's going to be okay. Number one, I'm feeling this peace. I think he's going to be healed. This is, and then it encouraged me. Mm -hmm. That's great. It's also, um, it's so encouraging to be able to pray with people after a message that you can pray. Like you can specific, like there are, there were some things that you preached yesterday that just translated so beautifully into prayer. And so it's like a, um, it's a direct and immediate application and to be able to pray with people very specifically pieces of the passage and what you shared on was, um, man, that's so cool. So over at Poplar, we focus primarily on the, the curtain being torn and the opportunity that we have to enter into a relationship with God. And one of the, the people that came up for prayer, we used that image to kind of guide our prayer time. Mm-hmm. And it was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. It's neat when the Holy Spirit does that. It just that. goes back to the question, like people like when they express that they don't know how to pray or how do you pray scripture or how do you pray through God's word? Mm-hmm. You know, yesterday's message, the whole chapter nine of Hebrews is a really good example of things you can pray specifically for yeah. and really apply to most circumstances. Mm-hmm. So that was very applicable. All right, well, let's get into some questions. We got, uh, we got several today. Uh, first one up, why do you think it is that our conscience can't be our guide? God provided us with a conscience, but it doesn't work. Seems like that's God's fault. Hmm. Appreciate the honesty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say our conscience works and it doesn't work. It's, it's a little more cumbersome than that. Um, we are created in the image of God. So we're image bearers, and uh, and the ability to uh, to collect and assess information and select uh, the right decision, that conscience function, um, is a part of the image of God because God is is perfectly righteous. So there's an element of the conscience, the seat of the soul, um, is the way a theologian might say it to that that volitional center of humanity, the heart, scripture often refers to it as the heart. Um, that's a part of the, the image of God. The problem is the image of God has been marred, or another word might be broken. Um, it's in need of repair. And so we have a conscience, uh, but it's, it's not working perfectly. It's a little bit like, you know, a, an, old, an old car. It gets us there. It has some capacity, but I'm really scared to leave town with it. Mm-hmm. Like I have a car that it never leaves DuPage County because <laughs> it just it won't get me there. I have one of those. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's good for a 12 minute ride. I don't want to drive it any further than I'm willing to walk home. <laughs> That's actually a really clear analogy. <laughs> yeah. So our conscience it works and it doesn't work. Um, the Apostle Paul said that we see through a glass darkly, 1 Corinthians 13. Mm. So there's this element of we, we have some clarity. We don't have crystalline clarity. And so most cultures throughout time and space have rightly affirmed murder's wrong. I mean, that's a layup to take the, the life of another person who's mm-hmm. innocent. Uh, that's wrong. Stealing, lying. These are pretty low-hanging fruit with regard to conscience. Um, sin has definitely corrupted our ability to rightly assess what's real and embrace what's true. Romans 1 talks about how we suppress the truth. Humanity 
actively, in some cases, suppresses the truth. We do that for selfish gain. Um, and, uh, but Romans 1 also talks about how what could be known about God is clear, being revealed in creation, uh, his divine power, his eternal power, his divine nature. So there is a clarity and also confusion when it comes to our conscience. Um, so, and I should also mention, it's not simply us. I, I'm not the only problem. I am a problem. The image of God, um, I, ha- I have sin in my life for which I need Christ's care. But we also have an enemy. Scripture is really clear. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. There is an active work of the enemy in the world. So it's, it's my flesh, but it's also the devil at work in the world to deceive and destroy. Uh, so it's not always easy. Uh, to ascertain what's right. And I go through, I'll be honest with you, I go through seasons of increasing clarity. And I think to myself, why was I buying into that lie? Mm. Uh, And what else might I be buying into that I need deliverance from? So it's so important to identify that there is an enemy that is actively working to, to blind, Mm. you know, Um, when you were talking about our conscious um, works and it doesn't work. I was looking for this quote and I found it from N.T. Wright in his book, Simply Christian. He said, it's as though we can hear, not perhaps a voice itself, but the echo of a voice, a voice speaking with calm, healing authority, speaking about justice, about things being put to rights, about peace and hope and prosperity for all. The problem, however, is that while we all long for things to be put right, our efforts are continually frustrated. Hmm. The voice goes on, calling us, beckoning us, luring us to think that there might be such a thing as justice, as the world being put to rights, even though we find it so elusive. We're like moths trying to fly to the moon. We all know there's something called justice, but we can't quite get to it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's that dynamic. Of that There is that... We are aware. We're aware. There's we an echo of a voice. That's right. Yeah. I should mention that book, Simply Christian, if you're a listener looking for a basic Christianity book, the subtitle of the book is Why Christianity Makes Sense. It's mm-hmm. an excellent book mm-hmm. for teenagers, young adults, or people that are on the margin of faith or newer to faith. Mm-hmm. Simply Christian by N.T. Wright. Mm-hmm. That's cool. All right, uh, let's go to the next one. I'm trusting in Christ, but don't feel clean. What do I need to do differently? Why don't I feel it? Man, I love this question. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thankful. Let me begin by feeling uh, by talking about feelings. I'm thankful that the truth, or the reality, is separate from f- my feelings. Sometimes my feelings yeah. um, are spot on, and I'm sensing correctly. I'll be honest with you. I have some family of origin baggage that uh, prevents me from some degree assessing. So. Um, that prevents my feelings from matching reality. Like I, I have some baggage where I call it divorce baggage. So I have a tendency, I can put up with things that are unhealthy for too long. Hmm. I'm very slow to process, like snails pace slow to process. I will put up with dysfunction longer than I should. So my feelings trail behind what is functional or truthful are best for me in some unhealthy ways. And I'm, you know, I'm growing. I'm just telling you that we may not feel saved for any number of reasons, 
but praise God that if we confess with our mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, it is objectively true, meaning it is true regardless of my subjective feelings. Praise God. Yeah, Romans 10 says, confess, believe, let your mouth profess what your heart is affirming, and, and you'll be saved. And so that's objectively true, meaning it's separate from what I may or may not feel. Um, and then again in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and forgive us our sins and purify us. So there is something going on in my life based on God's word and God's spirit, regardless of whether or not I feel it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm thankful for that. And, and I do see, I find that my feelings catch up to, God's, to the truth of God's word, and I'm growing. I get better at... Um, I get quicker <laughs> at matching reality with my feelings. I'm, I'm growing. So Your feelings can follow. They do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, now, so we may not feel cleansed for any number of reasons. I'm going to throw a couple out. Psychological damage. Uh, chronic suffering. I mean, if you're caught up in a chronic illness, uh, it it can really distort the accuracy of our feelings. And we have to, at the, we, have, we need to stand on God's word. If, we've, if we have a family of origin issues that have bent us or warped us, we need to stand on the truth of the God's word. If we have chronic suffering, a Jobian experience, we need to stand on God's word. There's a third reason our feelings might not match. We need to be honest about this. We may be living in disobedience. Yeah. So we, perfection is not expected or required of Christians. But if we are cultivating sin in our lives, that too will impact our sense, our assurance of salvation is the way theologians will talk about it. It erodes our assurance of the Spirit's work in our lives when we willfully participate in sin. Yeah, this is one of those questions that I wish I could be sitting across from the person that asked it to get mm-hmm. a little bit more information. Yeah, tell me what's going on in your life. Yeah, right? because I, I think that what I would want to identify with the, the question asker is, is this guilt or is this shame? Mm-hmm. Because the difference between the two, maybe you've heard this before, guilt says that, you know, I've done something wrong. Shame says I am something wrong. Mm-hmm. And what you're talking about with disobedience, you know, you may not be feeling clean because of guilt. Mm-hmm. That you have, you're living in disobedience. You've done something wrong, and that not feeling clean is a good thing. That should push you towards God. But if the origin of not feeling clean is shame, you know, I think about John eight, you know, verse forty four. Jesus refers to Satan as the father of lies. That's one of Satan's primary tactics in my own life. Is just, um, well, I know what the Bible says, but you're not actually forgiven. You're not actually clean. There's, you know, you are wrong. And, and that's where, Kelly, I'm glad you talked about just feelings can deceive. Mm-hmm. And, and what I've had to do in those moments is find scriptural truth and just repeat it. Sometimes I look in the mirror. Sometimes I write it on my mirror. But tell myself every day, like, no, I'm a child of God. I'm forgiven. I'm free. Yeah, and, and that's Romans 12 work, renewing our minds. That's right. And you, you have to do that. Even if you haven't suffered, you know, historic family of origin wounds, we just because of the the world in which we live, Mm -hmm. we have to renew our minds. Yeah, Yeah. I'm rereading the passage of um, Mm -hmm. Hebrews nine in this context of the question, and I don't know if this is going to make sense, so just bear with me. Mm -hmm. Um, I I kind of want to say 
well, you're not clean. <laughs> I think that might be the whole point of, of this, of the passage, not the whole point, but a, a point of the passage is that because you're not clean and unable to make yourself clean, mm-hmm. we oh, put no. our, we put our faith in Jesus mm-hmm. and he, he is, he does the cleansing mm-hmm. and, and it's that feeling of, uh, we won't be in our full sinless state mm-hmm. until we're in eternity forever. And so I'm picturing this, um, like how the passage is just unpacking how, and you did such a beautiful job, Kelly, giving the demonstration and the like illustration of what the most holy room looks like and within the temple and the tabernacle and, um, how we no longer have that system in place anymore because of the work of the cross Mm. and we're not clean. That's the whole reason why we need Christ. And so I love how you guys are unpacking this idea of feeling Mm -hmm. because you want to feel liberated from your sin. You want to feel clean. But the reality is, is that we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. And it is a journey of sanctification and a journey of becoming into the likeness of Jesus. But we, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to say that you're not, Saved, justified. Yes. So I want to clarify yeah, that, so but it's just this working out of um, sin continues in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I hear you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To both your points, um, the the question asker may have a sense of ongoing sin that makes them feel dirty, mm-hmm. um, and we we do need to distinguish between the legal change of status uh, from guilty before God because of our sins to innocent because of our trust in Christ and his sacrifice. That's, a, that's called justification, where we're justified not on our own merits, but because of Christ's merits. And our, our status changes, and we become adopted. Adoption's a beautiful metaphor. We're adopted into the family of God. Our, our family changes. Uh, we become a child of God. So all these legal um, metaphors apply and help us understand. But even when I'm adopted, and if you've been a part of an adopted uh, experience here, there's still a lot of work to do. Uh, getting the paperwork signs <laughs> just a, a part of the work, mm-hmm. right? Uh, adopted children have to then become a part of the family, and there's, um, you know, in, including them in the family, and the metaphor goes on. So yeah, you may mm-hmm. just be af- aware of ongoing sin in mm-hmm. your life and, and the need for God's. And the second is the sanctifying work. So there's justification, mm-hmm. then there's this ongoing process of sanctification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for me, this question hits hard because it, it reminds me of the first six to eight months of when I would say, like, okay, I kind of made a decision to follow Jesus. And then I was, you know, just reading a lot of books, started going to church, started reading the Bible, started getting all of the the information, the, the, the download of data. What is happening to me? Yeah, you know, but it kind of, but just loving it, loving it. Jumping in the but pool. But I was feeling like I was, st- I was still holding and carrying the, the mm. sin that I had, you know, the sinful life that I had led. Didn't mean I still wasn't sinning in some forms or whatever, but like the sin that I had before Christ and how it affected everyone around me and how it affected other people, I was just carrying it around. Like I... Mm hurt a lot of people in my sin. Mm-hmm. And so I was carrying it around and there's a lot of stuff going on in there. There's pride, you know, mm-hmm. there is, there is doubt that 
that you're good, good enough. That's how I'm thinking of, but at the time, and I'm using air quotes, I'm good enough that this could, that he would love me this much that it would all be gone. Like, no, 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 no. Um, you know, there's, there's nobody else has possibly done as much bad stuff as I've done. Like, and that's kind of the pride element. Like I'm the greatest, you know, like the blood isn't sufficient to cover me. Right. Right. And So. so I was carrying that around for a while until it was pointed out. And honestly, when it was pointed out, um, that was like a release. That was a, uh, it was almost like I felt the weight go just depart from me. Mm. Um, which was a really powerful moment yeah. in my faith journey. So was that a sermon? Was that a conversation? It was a conversation. One time, an ongoing no, like, learning? One, one time. Wow. One time. Where it clicked. Where it, it, just, it just did. It clicked. And you, do you know why? Hmm. Uh, because I had lied to this person about something in the past because I was so ashamed of it. That's awesome. And then for about an hour, I couldn't live with the fact that I lied to this person. So I came and confessed. Mm. And I said, the reason I lied is because I, I knew if I told you the truth, this, like, this relationship would be done. Like, we'd be over. And, and she met me with so much grace and forgiveness and, and was smart enough to know at the time that, like, this isn't about me. This is about you and God. This mm. is about, you know. Wow. And because I experienced that forgiveness in the horizontal sense, person to person, she ministered grace. I was able to see yeah. and feel and know that what the Bible said about and that's, what Jesus said could be true. That's why we're the hands and feet. I know. We, we actually get to minister grace. Yeah. But Alex, you know what you said, I, spot on. Like that's, these are, that's the voice of Satan. Mm-hmm. Like it truly is. Like that, all, all those things I just was unpacking there mm-hmm. about my doubts, like that's what Satan says. And two weeks ago, uh, you guys preached on Hebrews 8 and... And this is what God says, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. He won't even remember what you did. Yeah. He's going to make it to where he doesn't remember what you did. That's how, for, that's how much forgiven you are, is that they don't even exist in God's mind anymore. Hang on. Let's, like that's, let's qualify remember, because yeah. for an all-knowing being to actually forget something is contra. It's, but it's, it's, it's a, he will not bring them up any longer. He won't hold sure. them against you. It's, yes. Right. Yeah. Um, and so that's the, that's, that's God, that's God speaking to you. So listen to that. Also next week, um, we're going to talk about, um, and Matt's getting to preach. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, there's a verse next week that says by one for by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. So yes, you will one day be perfected in God's presence. He will, he will remember your sins no more. And on the journey, you are being made holy. So take encouragement in that, that yeah. what Simone was talking about in your, what we call sanctification, like you're being made holy. So you're in the process. Yeah. Don't listen to the lies. Yeah, salvation the is both punctiliar and process-oriented. There's a moment at which we're born again. That's why the born-again metaphor works so good, where, where we are come to new life, but then we grow up in Christ. And so there's this ongoing perfecting. So, the, And then with all of this being said to the question asker, you know, set your mind on these things. Set mm. your mind on things above. Your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Like, rest in that. Yeah, to your point, I, I've had to address uh, lies uh, in my life that old tapes is what many people call them. Yep. And as I renew my mind and address those, my feelings change mm-hmm. about me, about others, about the world around me. 
Hmm. Always looking for a good plug for therapy. Hmm. And this is a really good indicator that if there are some things that you're just struggling to let go of, or it's, you know, haunting you in, in a lot of ways that there are some really good and helpful, beautiful practices that if you were to work with somebody that can help you really heal from some of these, mm-hmm. you know, past thoughts or. Yeah. God traps. gifts, uh, preachers, mm-hmm. leaders, administrators, and counselors, therapists. Mm-hmm. It's a part of the mm-hmm. body of Christ and the ministry of Christ. Yeah, and I always say, it's, I've probably said it on here before, it's all of them. Like, it's not just one. You don't have to have one track of, of getting help or healing. That it's. You, I usually you say work, it takes a team. Yeah, tools, resources, Yeah, all of it. Hey, Glenelg Bible Church family, if you worship at the 501 Hillside Campus this Sunday, we have a unique opportunity to mark the moment to share your faith. We're participating in baptism, October 29th, Sunday morning, both services. We're excited to do this. If you've not followed the Lord in baptism, we'd encourage you to do that. If you're trusting in Jesus, then you should be dunked, In the uh, is one way to say it. It's a part of Christ's command. Go teaching, baptizing them. And so we want to encourage you to be baptized. If you're interested in this, uh, contact Grant Armstrong. You can email him at garmstrong at gebible.org. Hope you'll be a part. It'll be a great celebration this Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Blood is so gross to me. It's hard for me to hear about all the animals that were offered for sacrifice. And when I hear about Jesus dying, it's almost unbearable to think about. What should I do? I'm not sure what someone should do. Um, I get it. I, I genuinely believe it's a part of our culture, this um, seeing blood is gross. If you grew up in a, in a rural agrarian culture, uh, you would inevitably have a different perspective. Um, hmm. in, the, in, the, in the ancient world, uh, it wasn't just Jews offering sacrifices. Uh, it was pagans. They were offering blood sacrifices. I mean, it was very common. So I, I inevitably think it's a part of our modern sensibilities that were incensed by blood. Um, but it's for me, it's increasingly, and it's not always been this way, but it's increasingly glorious and less gross um, when, I, when I understand that the biology and the truth spiritually are one and the same. Life is in the blood. So I don't know that I have much to offer here other than I think because we live in such a sterile environment, mm. um, we're just not used to blood just not used to it. It was so after the sermon, my friends and I we went to Village Tavern and we were just kind of talking about the message a little bit. And one of the things that we ran into, I'd call it like like an ignorance of familiarity where there are times when we when I would say thing in a, say things in a sermon then I'm like, "Oh yeah, people understand what I'm talking about." But to somebody coming in completely from the outside, it's just wild. So for my friends yesterday it was talking about being in a relationship with God. And they're like, so I need to like date God? Mm-hmm. But I think, I think this also applies to blood as well. Some would say yes. <laughs> I was going to say, some Christian <laughs> songs some make it feel that, that way. <laughs> There's That's a whole so funny. collection of books. Yeah, and I think, I think blood goes back to that, where like, you know, we're so used to singing about the blood and, and communion, talking about the blood that was shed. But to somebody from the outside, this would be 
kind of wild. Yeah, strange. strange. Uh, what helps me, and I don't know how helpful this is going to be for you, but Kelly, you hit on this a little bit, asking, okay, what does the blood represent? Following that through. And so you mentioned life, and I, you know, I go to Leviticus 17.11 that talks about you know, the life is in the blood, and that what, what is the Bible talking about when it uses this imagery of blood and following that through to what the meaning is underneath that might make it a little bit more digestible for you? Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking a lot about uh, why, why blood, why animal sacrifices, why, you know, and I've heard some people talk about, well, I mean, that was their, that was their currency. That was th- that world's highest, greatest treasure. They couldn't just come and throw their checkbook down and like that. They dealt with livestock. They dealt, that was their livelihood. To give that up is to trust, you know, is to trust God, is to, you know. But also I think, um, I mean, life is the most, it's the most precious thing we have. Mm-hmm. I think most humans would agree with that. <laughs> like when, In fact, when and if they don't, I probably would challenge them like, well, when you're faced with your life ending, then we'll see how you react, right? Like a, a lot of people do some pretty drastic things when they feel like their life is in danger. And so if that's the most precious thing we have, it makes a hundred percent sense to me that that's how God deals with us. That's how God, you know, in the, in the, in the, the biggest moments when we're talking about sin and our separation, um, what he uses, uh, to communicate with us on the most, on the deepest level is, is life. Mm-hmm. Um, the most precious thing. Yeah, and yep. and sometimes, especially in the Old Testament, it's it's our own lives, it's the lives of some of the priests and some of the the people who didn't follow God's demands and directions for His holiness, and it's it's tough, but um, I, it just helps it helps me to process the gravity of of our situation with God and who God is and who we are and how much He loves us, what what sin has caused, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that the way back to him is, again, through, through a life. Like. If you've um, heard me preach very much, you've, I love the, um, the design of the world and the lessons it teaches us. So, for example, you know, the biological birthing process and how the participant, the baby being born, had no volitional um, charge the baby didn't decide to be born, conceived or born. And so Jesus says, you must be born again. In other words, he's bringing people to new life. We participate, but God's at work in it. And so God chooses, and I'd go so far, and I said it again yesterday, I think God actually designed the biological birthing process to help us understand what has to go on spiritually for us to be saved. That God is saving us, we're not saving ourselves. I think the same, I wonder, and I, you know, I quizzic, um, is it not possible that God in his brilliance designed the human body uh, and the necessity of blood for biological life to be a daily reminder that blood's necessary for spiritual life yeah. and that life mm-hmm. comes through the blood? Uh, I, I'll give you one more uh, that I just find fascinating. In the Jewish, in Genesis 1, and it was night and it was day, the first day. So... Um, the Jewish calendar days started in the evening. So the, the regular uh, experience of lying down for sleep 
is the experience each night of death, followed by the experience of resurrection as we wake up in the morning. And I think that there are design elements in the world that we might be missing that tell us of the resurrection of Christ, the necessity of his shed blood, and the work of God to bring us to new life. That's cool. So, I think I get it. We live in a modern world. Blood is gross. We're separated. We're in a sterile environment. But we shouldn't miss out on what it may be telling us. I hope the question asker is okay. We've talked about blood for a little bit. <laughs> getting woozy. Yeah. All right, let's go to the next one. Uh, from God's perspective, what was the point of bringing about the old covenant if ultimately it fell short of what the new covenant was able to accomplish? You want to lead on this, Alex? I think this came from Poplar. Well, so this was a question that has kind of come up for the last two weeks, and it's kind of the question of uh, Hebrews 8 and 9. I'm actually going to defer, if that's okay. Matt, can I throw it to you, because you're taking sure, Hebrews 10 the answer, One of the answers is in Hebrews 10. It's a reminder of the sins of Israel. Um, you could take that a step further and say, well, why would they need to be reminded? In which case, my answer would be, um, look at how many times Israel is called stiff-necked people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they just, they need that kind. We, and we all, it's not just Israel. Right. We all need lots of reminders of who we are and who God is. That's why something as simple as attending church weekly and being a part of a small group is is essential to growth. We forget. Oh, man. I mean, we, we've talked about it before, and I don't know how you guys feel about coming in on Sundays, but man, there's a lot of weeks where I'm limping. I'm coming in limping, and I leave mm-hmm. ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like pumped. And it just... Yesterday yeah, charged I, me really yeah. positively. Yeah. And I think about, man people live their lives and don't have that yeah. or some Christians attend, you know, service sporadically. sporadically. Like how do you make it? How do you do How do you get through life like that? Yeah. So you, could you also make the connection to communion in terms of remembering mm-hmm. and, Absolutely. and the process of participating in it, whether it's monthly or weekly as a reminder of what Jesus did, because we need that at the forefront of our minds mm-hmm. and it's not the elements of communion itself that save but it's the, the, the yeah. practice of remembering. Yeah. So in Hebrews, in Hebrews 10, the writer anticipates the question. question. Yep. Well, well, then what in the world did we have the old, you know, because he says, and I'm, I'm not looking at this the verse, but he says something like, uh, it was the will of God to bring about the new covenant, mm-hmm. you know, and, and to have it, you know, surpass the old and be greater than the old. And so, um, so then he's, he brings up the question, well, then what was was the old covenant for then? And he mm-hmm. said it was, it was an annual reminder of sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Paul says it was a tutor, kind of an instruction mm-hmm. to help us understand uh, our, the necessity for Christ in the, in the perfect human sacrifice. Remember, there's a difference between um, the animal sacrifices of the Old Testament and the human sacrifice of, of Jesus. So um, it was, it's a a necessary, you know, the sin that needed to be forgiven and the cleansing that needed to take place is a human issue. So we needed a human sacrifice. I also hear Kelly's voice in the background going, God is process oriented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's true. Yeah, It's true. Like yeah. he really is. There are a few things that he just snaps There's his fingers. There's no and, way around it. Yeah. Uh, God it, is not. And especially when dealing with us, it is a process. Mm-hmm. It takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. And, and every step is, has meaning and is intentional, you know, which is actually really cool. It is, because like, that means our pain is never wasted. Absolutely. God will redeem 
even the most difficult realities. It's not wasted. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go to the last one. Uh, the temple seems really important to the Jewish faith. In both the Old and New Testament, we see the Jewish people have a temple with the Holy of Holies. Do the Jewish people claim to have a temple today where God's presence dwells? If not, how does the Jewish faith account for this? That's a great question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a great question. You know, there are, I'm going to use this word for, there are, there are denominations within Judaism. That, uh, there are um, different sects, I guess would be the word. So the Orthodox Jews, those that cling uh, most closely uh, to the, the Old Testament law, they long for a recapture, and there's just no way, other way to say it. They want the Temple Mount to be um, cleansed and the mosque that's currently on the Temple Mount uh, to be removed. And they want the temple rebuilt and they would like the sacrificial system to put, be put back into place. Until that time, there are other means uh, for seeking the forgiveness of the Lord through prayers and acts of charity. But Could we, and man, I know that this is opening up a whole can of worms, but could we, is that part of what's happening in the Middle East right now? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you asking me what God's up to in the Middle no, East? No, no, no. I mean, just like for 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 the native man. Maybe we don't need to get into this. It's can hard we, to even can, frame a good question okay. on that topic. Yeah. Let alone get a good answer. It's very so, tricky. Yeah. Like for the nation of Israel and and the Jewish people, there is there this hope of recapturing and rebuilding that temple. Is that it, it, certainly for some? Absolutely for some. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, the question asker says, what's the Jewish faith counting on today? And it's generally speaking, it's, um, it's most typically uh, a life of prayer, uh, a life of acts of charity, actually giving donations for um, good causes. It's, um, it's an, an ethical focus on right behavior, that type of thing. Is there a connection to this season of exile in the Old Testament, as opposed to like where the Jewish people are today. Like we're not in our home, but we can be faithful where we are. Absolutely, yes. Um, And there is strain within the Jewish community in the sense that there's disagreement over whether or not they should migrate back Hmm. to their homeland, Israel, and to the nation of Israel. Do they need to be there? Are they... Is it okay to live in a diaspora, a, dis, a disbursement? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of internal debate mm-hmm. among the Jewish community about what's appropriate. Interesting. Okay. And in the Christian community as well. Yeah. You know, yeah, just a, how to understand yeah. Israel's role in, in redemptive, yeah. in the redemptive future and, and all of that. How You're it plays out. Open up that can of worms. No, right I'm just, I'm just saying it's also a Christian. <laughs> oh, uh, totally. There's it also totally a lot is. of different, differing Christian opinions and viewpoints on, yeah. on how it's going to all play out. Um, I'm just thankful for Jesus. That's right. Amen. All right. Uh, that's all the questions we have for you today. If you have any further questions, comments, or concerns, don't hesitate. Text Next Level Podcast, 630-474-6164. Our podcast is dedicated to answering listener questions on two levels, answering specific questions about last week's sermon, and also just general questions regarding broader topics within the Christian faith. 
We love God and believe that Scripture is a primary means for our getting to know Him, and our hope is that this podcast extends the learning opportunity for all who want to know God better, strengthening not only your faith, but my faith and our faith together. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the next level. prophecy.